Welcome to episode nine of the Irish Writers Podcast, where three aspiring writers are working towards publication, and no one is more surprised than us that we made it to. Yeah, you. I'm here with Kathy. Hi, I'm Kathy, and I'm writing a rom-com crime novel. I'm Kate, and I am writing a fantasy fiction novel. And I'm Maura, and I'm writing an action comedy screenplay. So, for today, um, uh, lost where am I? What are we talking about? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yes. Next page. I think. <coughs> anyway. <laughs> so back. today, I just wanted to um, ask you what resources you've used. So, Kate, would you like to tell us? Sure. Uh, one is a, a website that I found really useful, and actually, Maura, you probably suggested it is oh, okay. the Areogram mm. Writers Studio. Yeah. And it has excellent just they they have opportunities for like competitions. They have different well known writers giving advice and and, and loads of, of useful information. So uh, that was huge. Huge for me. And and also okay, this is my favorite book about writing or on writing and it was written in 1934 by a woman called Dorothea Brand and it's called Becoming a Writer and it's out of print but I think you so can it's really still so it's really helpful <laughs> yeah. we'll all go and get it uh, <laughs> borrow it, copies of Kate <laughs> <laughs> it's so brilliant though because she kind of talks you through um, so you think you're a writer uh, Okay, so if it's if the effort to write or the distractions are greater than you actually writing, she just kind of says, just just quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just stop, because because you obviously don't want to write mm. as much as you think, because then if if you will find a way to write, if you really are a writer. Mm -hmm. And anyway, she talks you through those things, and in the last episode, maybe I mentioned the. Um, allowing yourself to have the creative self to just to get the story out there and let yourself write and then there's kind of your editor self but anyway that is my favorite book on writing yeah. it helped me really get through the initial stage of okay am I going to do this? I don't know am I a writer? <laughs> I don't know yes I am victory yep and then there was another one that I thought was really helpful for me particularly. It's called uh, How to Write Science Fiction and Fantasy by Orson Scott Card, who wrote Ender's Game. Oh, yeah. So there's kind of ru certain rules about writing fantasy and science fiction that you should know before writing them. <laughs> Unless you read, and, and even if you read a lot of fantasy and science fiction, it's a great book to have if you're writing in the, those genres because... He points out, you know, certain things about measurements or, or, you know, if you're going to write a science fiction, is it going to be, like, hard, hardcore, like, science. Uh, really science, yeah. science-y, and he kind of errs on the side of not really being so much on the science, but more on the, the kind of storyline and the fiction. Yeah, fiction. Yeah. The fiction part, too. Yeah. The fiction part. So, <laughs> and, yeah, it was, it was a brilliant book, and, mm. and really really helpful for, for my genre at least. Mm -hmm. So those are some of my favorite ones. And I, I have a couple on plot 
Mm -hmm. But I haven't really gotten into them much. But I think books on plot. They need a better plot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If it's not gripping and it's about plot, <laughs> I'm thinking. It wasn't uh... gripping, it was about... Oh. Yeah, I'm just remembering another book. Um, here, come back to me. I'll, I'll remember oh, the yeah, name no, of it. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The writer's market so, one, is it? <laughs> no, no. It, it's... Oh, bird by Bird. He was the author of Bird by Bird. Do you remember that? No. I've heard of this book, though. Yes. A few people have talked about this recently on Twitter. Um, yeah. There was a, a, a woman that I follow. I don't even know her name. Isn't that awful? But she's a writer. And she's very inspirational. I acknowledge her in my We've been here all afternoon, so my, my brain is tired. So I I'm, never remember that stuff anyway. No I'm, I'm off with names. Mm. I'm off with names of the people I actually meet. Mm. So being good with names of people I don't actually meet, I just read on Twitter. I know her picture. You know? <laughs> Give me your phone. I need to look up her name. I'm totally blanking on her name. Bird by Bird. That is an excellent book. I will look it up. On writing. And I recommend that to anybody. Why is it called Bird by Bird? Is that... Um, well, okay, so she... Anne she Lamotte. relates it to Anne, Anne Lamott. Anne go. Lamott. <laughs> yes. Anne Lamott is an excellent writer. Um, bird by Bird. Okay, so she explains the title as in her childhood she had to write this kind of report on birds and she was overwhelmed because there's so many bird, different birds and her dad sat her down and he's like we'll just take it bird by bird ah, okay. Oh, okay. and that's how she kind of it's like how do you eat an elephant yeah. one bite at a time, one bite at a time. Yeah. and that was how she does the writing the funniest thing I ever heard is how do you eat an elephant with sauce <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's a food critic right there <laughs> how do you eat elephants <laughs> you don't you don't know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What's okay. You, Kathy? What's um, so yeah, I when you actually said what resources to use, I was like none. I, I am <laughs> so independent. I, I came about the soil. It's <laughs> yes. genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it actually, turns out I use a lot. So, <laughs> it was a total lie. Um, so what have I used? I've used um, writing classes and writing conferences. So the Irish Writers Centre. I've been to several of their classes and several of their conferences. Um, and. I don't know if I could necessarily say, oh, this class, I worked on this part of the book, or this mm. conference informed this part of the mm. book. Mm -hmm. But I suppose generally, I, I was just kind of surrounded by the thoughts of writing, and therefore some of it seeped into my brain and mm -hmm. seeped out of my fingertips. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of one place I did. Um, books that I had read, um, particularly good ones. And again, as much as I love going to writers' classes, I love reading writers' books. Um, so I've read a lot of them. And again, like you said about the plot one, they're just crap. Do you know? Like, they're just in one area. There's no the twist. There's no twist, you know? It's very predictable. They say, get a pen, get some paper, start writing. You know? Um, but what I they, could have written those. Oh, yeah. All they say is, have a plot. Please. Oh, no, yeah. Have a plot. Yeah. So ones I thought were really good was, uh, one was uh, Right From the Middle, and that was by Scott, James Scott Bell. And basically what he said was, um, if you crack a book in half, the middle scene should be your kind of most explosive, most exciting pinnacle point. It should be in the middle somewhere, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and, he, and he applied it to um, a lot of movies and he applied it to lots of books, old, new, blah, blah, blah. So he took this theory and applied it and it turns out it's quite real, apparently. So he said, start with that middle kind of drama, uh, write the start and then write the end. 
and because you're in the middle, it's easier to see the start and the end. Whereas if you start at the start, the end is very far away and it's hard to see where it is. So that was kind of his mm. theory and it was just like a new way of looking at that for me. And mm-hmm. um, the other one uh, I read was Thanks But This Isn't For Us and this is by Jessica Page Morrell. And this one was very helpful for me um, at the end when I started doing the structural edits and started that. So I had a book, I like this, I had a product and I now needed to sell it. Mm-hmm. So this for me was very useful in making it something that you could sell. Mm-hmm. So making yeah. it suitable for the marketplace, suitable for readers who are not like guilted into reading it. You know, suitable for people who want to buy it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the other book I read, and a lot of people laughed at me when I saw I, I was buying it, A, and reading it, B, um, was by Terry Prone, and it was The Right and get paid for it and actually like that it had one piece of really good advice right in the middle of it and it said writers write readers read if you want to be a writer start writing if you mm-hmm. want to be a reader continue but i put work. it in the middle of the book so that you already <laughs> yes, have to pay. Page. <laughs> yeah yeah and absolutely it certainly wasn't in the blurb on the back where it would be very useful and i could have just left that in essence but you know so she's got she's got something to this um and i just you know the rest of her would I say it was brilliant possibly not but that one piece of advice mm-hmm. it just bang hit home and yeah. I was like I need to stop reading these re- writing yeah, books yeah. I need to start writing mm-hmm. and, and I did so I think that's good so it's like the alternate name for the podcast that I suggested oh yeah <laughs> what did you suggest? The writers gotta write <laughs> <laughs> can't believe we passed on that <laughs> <laughs> especially so it'll be like writers gotta talk about it yeah <laughs> Writer's got to procrastination. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Um, and then in terms of uh, stuff I follow on Twitter, I find Twitter is really good for um, like churning up articles and stuff. And like mm, I said, yeah. I, I do follow a lot of authors. Um, and I think sometimes they, they can be really great. I have followed um, writers who um, have been like, you know, just crush that last episode moving on to episode two in the yeah. morning and then like by the afternoon they're like episode two and three written moving on to episode four and i was like i couldn't take it they were just so, <laughs> they were just really yeah. i was like how can i compete with somebody who's churning out that level mm. of information i just was like yeah. we're not the same so i stopped following those yeah. people but what i think is useful is um i think generally just kind of getting that like writer's life sort of framework or frame of mind i think it's nice to follow kind of some writers and then I also follow um, uh, Writing.ie, and yeah, that's like yeah. the Irish version of mm-hmm. that website you were mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. And again, I think they can be great for a few little articles, and it, for, they give great tips, and you know, yes, they're great for competitions and stuff like that as mm-hmm. well, but actually, um, I really like them because they um, publish um, every week the top sales in Ireland, mm-hmm. and how many books sold oh, to wow. get into the number one spot. And actually, it's like usually around 400, so if you manage to sell 400 books in one week, you'll be on, like, the top of the Irish bestsellers, which, I was like, 400's not a huge amount. Surely I know 400 people. I, yeah, I, I have 400 people on my Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I could totally get people into this, you know? Yeah. So that will be there every week. But I feel like I could do it for one week. If everybody <laughs> held off and just bought in that one week. Um, so I think that's really interesting. And then I also follow things like writer's tips, writer's edits, those mm, sort of things. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, like, again, they're not really... The only direct resource I actually used for this book is the National Museum of Ireland, sure. uh, the, the archaeology yeah. one. Yeah. Get and your that research. Was, yeah, so I got in there, I wrote them an email, which they responded to, and I don't joke, 
10 minutes tops, possibly seven, <laughs> on a Friday afternoon at like six o'clock. I was like, kudos to these people. They are just hardworking. Mm-hmm. Um, I just asked them some of the like, what's the writer, what's the archive room called? What's the um, crypt called where they store things? Mm-hmm. You know, just get those names right. Um, and then I popped into the museum and just kind of got the names of some artifacts and stuff. Like obviously I have a background in archaeology, but like actually knowing the names of things like I've shown, I'm not very good at names. So <laughs> it was just get those names right. So that's the only direct resource yeah. that I used for this book, but I think the rest are all secondary resources. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. What about you? So um, so there's quite a lot out there for scripts. So the I suppose I, I you know googled around a bit and there was a version of NaNoWriMo that was for scripts called Script Frenzy. Okay. But I think it's now been sort of merged into the NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month. For anyone who doesn't know, mm-hmm, yeah. that was a I think it's ten years old or more, where you just November would churn out a novel. Um, and so that had um I don't even sure if the site is there anymore. It, it detailed like how you lay out the page. So mm-hmm. with scripts like. If they look really odd, there's just writing in the middle of the page. You have to have certain indentation for like instructional lines and all that sort of stuff. So that was like just the the actual mechanics of it, which I spent ages. I mean, we really did spend about three weeks going. Will I buy Final Draft? Can I justify buying Final Draft? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and then I kind of said, you can't buy anything until you've actually written the script. Was my because I take up hobbies all the time, and I thought I can't spend spend that much money yeah. on something because it's quite expensive. It? Um, I, because I, like, am an expert at Microsoft Word, uh, <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually um, just created a Word document, but there are definitely things, like, if I had, so for every, for when I was um, submitting it, then I had to go through the whole thing to make sure, like, if, if someone's words are, a dialogue is split across the page, you're actually supposed to have their name and continues yeah. on it again and like that means you have to go through your final version and check that you haven't done that anywhere whereas if you're working in one of the writing programs it'll do that for you the programs are really expensive they are yes they are like I think final draft's about 200 quid mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, so you're talking about like 200 quid versus two hours though, right? there's a version there's a cheaper version you can okay. get if you are a student or university staff as right. I am okay, okay. <laughs> so I think there's like an 80 um, quid version you can right. get if you have an email address that's yeah no no like I'm talking wrong I'm like a total skin flint I'm yeah. like I'm not spending a penny more than I have to but I just feel like do you really need it because um, there's like a, 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 a novel version of this what's the novel version with Scrivener was it? Scrivener yeah, yeah. and again well, I looked at that and I was like and I had I had written yeah. the book at this stage and my big plan was I'm going to get Scrivener for 30 days because yeah. uh, you can get it for free and throw this mm-hmm. novel into it and get it to work its magic yeah. but actually I was like did you try it for yeah 30? I did I did try it and I was like this is just a fancy version of me having my post-its beside me yeah. and my A4 pad and my word so I think that I could I can see it's more useful in a script, by the way, than a novel, okay, right? Because right, scripts okay. are actually quite... And, like, mm-hmm. having to just kind of make sure everything is the right format. And the fact that you don't actually get a lot of words on a page before you're going into a new page. So the high possibility of some instructional thing going across two pages, which means you have to go through every edit and check. So when so before, like, I made a PDF to send it in, I had to go through it with a fine tooth comb to check. Yeah. And I missed a few. Oh, right, okay. So, like, you know, that would make me think yeah some version some like there are definitely cheaper versions of yeah. there's there's a couple of other ones and they're like online tools yeah um and i you know and uh, this is i haven't done done the digging right? right i might do the digging before i start the next one and pick a piece of software 
because that was the deal I made with myself. Like you have to, mm-hmm. if you take up this hobby long enough to actually write a full one, you can get software for the next one. Um, <laughs> Where I was like, if you make profit off your first novel, yeah. you can get anything you want. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Using the profit that you made. I just can imagine that <laughs> yes. it would be much quicker. Like, okay, okay. you know what I mean? Using, okay. using the software and that like... But your editing would certainly be faster. Absolutely. That, yeah. And yeah. even actually, even populating it and kind of going... Cause, because, you know, I set up a template yeah. in Word and I, you know, I played with it so that it's probably the easiest version that you can do. But every so often I'll mess up the... I'll accidentally delete a line that yeah. will feck up the, you know, um, the formatting. So, I don't know. I, my 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 Mac is very old as well, so I think a new version of software might kill it. That's another factor. Okay, okay. So I, yeah, I can see that. Like, are you on the fence or are you leaning towards it? I haven't. I haven't. I'm not there yet. I'm leaning toward. Yeah, if I can get any computer, I'd buy the software. Yeah, okay. I would. I, because I I wouldn't have bought it. I still don't regret not doing it for the first one. Sure. Um, because I wasn't going to lay out the money, and but I have I suppose paid a little bit for like competition and I'm thinking about getting some proofreading done that yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah. and I think it would have made the editing job much easier yeah. right? yeah, just yeah. because screenplays are so so kind of awkward mm-hmm. um, but so anyway back to other resources um, so one of the pieces of advice I got at the start was to read a lot of screenplays and not to read um, transcripts of movies but to read actual versions of actual screenplays okay and um, so before and and you can get lots of the oscar ones because they they produce this for your consideration for the screenplay award mm-hmm. um but they're always all you know they're always like pretty much exactly as filmed they're not a transcript but they are like the version mm-hmm. that ended up in filmed mm-hmm. so it's been quite interesting to see earlier versions mm-hmm. and for that you know, there's IMDb, but there's also a thing called IMSDB, the Internet Movie Script Database, okay. which is just this website which alphabetically has an awful lot of movies in it, but they're not necessarily the last version. Oh, so, for example, I've read the first version of Jurassic Park, yeah. which is actually very bad. I'm glad they changed it. Um, <laughs> I'm actually watching that movie tonight, and I'm so excited about it, because Jurassic World stained its body. <laughs> so I'm going back to the original. Sorry. They're also, like, I read a first draft of Bridesmaids, which looks very different from the okay. final one. Yeah. And it just helps you to get that perspective on the process, you know, mm. and what things look like. Mm. Um, and then also, like, one of the things, and I'm still not brilliant at it, is how you write action in a screenplay. Mm-hmm. And different people approach it quite differently. And okay. so I, I suppose I read a few scripts. So I read, like, um, The Born Identity as well, mm-hmm. which is, the action is written, like, you could, it's a great example of, like, you know, yeah. action just so fast-paced. And... Um, showing the writing reflecting the movie. Okay. So, like, if you were like maybe doing something like a period piece, you might like write in full sentences and yeah. you know, have it like mm-hmm. slowly grown. But this was like ten men in a room in the corner. Something else. This is here. There's okay. a car. Da da da. You know. Yeah. And that's how the film is. You know. Right. You yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. has that. You so even from reading the script, you get the sense of the fast pace, the uh-huh. information that. And so there's like it's good to have a so it's good to have look at scripts that are in the area that you're writing. Yeah. Then it's good to look at so for me I'm looking at examples also in action and pure comedy as well. So on the other mm-hmm. sides of that and um it does make you think then when you see a movie you think oh I wonder how they conveyed this idea before they visualized it and made it into this yeah. mm-hmm. movie how they conveyed this idea in the written version. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so it's it's always that's a good thing to do is to just read a, a few of them, pick some movies mm-hmm. that you like that you've seen, um, mm-hmm. and to go through. And there's loads loads of notes there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get like those on that. You can get the kind of final versions are available kind of on Screencraft. Have some. The Blacklist have some. 
Um, so you can nosy around there. Some something else that's really useful is the Script Notes podcast, which is two very established writers, screenwriters, mm-hmm. talking about um screenwriting stuff, and they kind of do it every week. So mm-hmm. sometimes there's a part of me that wants to go and listen to the whole back catalogue. I, I find that when I'm writing, I listen to it. When I'm sick of everything writing, I can't bear to listen to it. Right? <laughs> yes. So yeah, yeah. I have two phases. But no doubt they have huge experience between them and they talk about various issues. And because they're so established, they have like, you know, a perspective further down the line than most people who are, mm-hmm. who are starting out. Um, I had Aerogram Writer Studio on my list as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I know what else is on your list too. Uh, I, I have Save the Cat down yes. here as well, <laughs> which is the one book I've read, and I don't think I've read it all the way through, because, um, uh, yeah, like, like the plot books, I was like, mm, I'm bored now. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I, again, I found it, I think I spoke about it before, that I found it kind of useful to a point. Um, the other things that have been a bit more... Uh, out there, I'd like one day, and I mentioned it before that I happened to do a creative problem solving, creative thinking and problem solving course. I think mm-hmm. for work, it was a one day course, and it was just brilliant for rethinking, you know, issues and thinking about things differently, and then dividing up that creative mm-hmm. process to and the editing process. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing on speaking of Twitter, the am writing hashtag is one that I, oh, yeah. I quite like. Um, yeah. and of course, I won't remember her name, the person who started it. But if you are looking for other writers who are writing right now, hashtag I'm writing is a great kind of... Or hashtag like, I'm editing. Yeah. If you're like in that like, oh, I'm yeah. so struggling. Oh, I love to go onto it and just get that little bit of everybody else going, oh, this is so crap. And I'm like, yeah, it's all crap together. And hashtag yeah, I go I'm back editing. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Oh, love it. Um, and, and I think that I'm writing, she sometimes she'll talk about, oh, doing a writing sprint. And it's great. Like, And, and you can say, who's... You know, who's writing from the top of the hour or something yeah. like that and it can be just a little bit of camaraderie yeah, <laughs> in yeah, your, yeah. you know um, and then it's a, it seems so far it hasn't been hijacked by spammers too much you know the I'm writing hashtag it's not too bad there's what else um, there's a Facebook group I think they're on they're on Twitter as well and mm-hmm. I have a webpage but I like their seem to access them through Facebook a bit women writers women books um, yeah. they kind of talk about all different things but it seems to be a big I feel um, like that's spammed a lot. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people promoting their books on that. There is some, but they keep it, too, you know, they keep it on the right side, it, I think, you know. I have it on my Facebook as well, yeah. and every so often I'm tempted to turn it off. Yeah. Because I just... There's a, there is somebody yeah. going like, I, my book is out today, hooray, you know. Yeah, or like, you know, I, I got this agent, or I got this publisher, mm. and again, all great, useful information, mm. but... Um, I prefer to see that on Twitter when I scan it through it. Yeah, it might be in a smaller kind of... Every so often I'd say I'd go onto the page on Facebook and have a read through some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. it's coming up my newsfeed. Yeah, it is coming up my newsfeed as well. Yeah. Um, but it just depends. I suppose yeah. I'm probably yeah. on yeah. Facebook less than on Twitter, so it hasn't really annoyed me that much. Um, and then I watched a huge amount of movies. Do <laughs> um, like, you feel that's a primary or secondary resource? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I... It definitely, you know, you talk about all these things and I think until you kind of, like the thing about the point of no return, I really obsessed about that for quite some time mm-hmm. and I like watched a lot of movies and was like, okay, what happens at minute 60, you know, mm-hmm. and like to kind of think of things in that way, you know, but I, it was until I looked at the application of them, yeah. it's not very well to talk in the abstract about screenplays, but then you look at what it comes out with on the screen yeah. and I think that that was really useful and um, also when I, I, I went through a phase of 
first 20 minutes obsession which you think that I obsessed long enough to fix my own first 20 minutes <laughs> I didn't but um, to look at what people how people got into a story and world built and my favourite example of it is Pacific Rim because in 10-15 minutes he he completely talks about a whole new world a whole new future a whole new technology a whole new challenge a whole like response to that mm-hmm. this is a big crisis all that in 15 minutes and actually yeah. do you know what I like for that is um episodes on the TV of any kind of um, sitcom or whatever you'd have because they're all designed that if you tune in on episode 6 that within the first 5 minutes you can identify who all the characters are and Mm -hmm. what their relationship is and what is the context so even without knowing the backstory Mm -hmm. you know everything you need to know for this episode and I think they're amazing at doing it Mm -hmm. in a kind of a casual sort of way so like it's not like Mm -hmm. hello Marta, who is also my brother's mother's cousin. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I'm the uptight one. Yes, you know. I just like, think of Big Bang Theory. That's all I'm picturing. Yeah. yeah, and it's just yeah. like they're just really good at doing that, like super quick, straight in. Yeah. All you need to know, no backstory, no crap. All you need to know about this going forward. And I think I used, I, I watched how they did that yeah. um, and used that to edit the backstory mm-hmm. out of my book. I've done. A few writing or script writing courses yeah. as well, and they say that the movie Emma, yeah, you know, from mm-hmm. or not Emma, sorry, uh, Clueless, Clueless, yeah. uh, which is which movie. is kind of based on Emma, <laughs> yeah. the Jane Austen yeah. novel, and yeah. um, Clueless is, I mean, it hits every point, yeah, yeah. every point exactly. Yeah, I love that movie. Uh, great movie. Uh, yeah. Everybody <laughs> loves that movie. <laughs> it's you know that I listen to the podcast, you don't love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're banned. Go watch it. <laughs> Yeah, so that that is kind of they use that example. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Die Hard is another one that's yeah. used all the time, which is mm-hmm. great because I probably Die Hard. I watch Die Hard every year, wrapping my Christmas presents. It's a tradition. <laughs> yeah. I suggest everyone follow this tradition. <laughs> but um, uh, and sometimes I watch it in the middle of the year as well. Yeah. So I know I, I at least watch it once a year. <laughs> yeah. But again, it follows that. It's really um, you know, it follows those beats really clearly. You mm. know and. Um, yeah, so there's a, there's a few films that are used as like, and I think watching them, I kind of going, yeah, like not just kind of abstract, but like, yeah, I do feel really excited at this mm-hmm. point, you know, or I've learned so much without actually observing that I've learned it, you yeah, know, or yeah. being like, oh, you're trying to tell me things and I don't want to hear them, yeah. you know, to just be like, you know, I mean, when I watched Pacific Rim, which I didn't even see in the cinema, and I watched it at home, I just have to buy an extra DVD. And I, and I started to watch it, I threw it on, and often I watch things while I'm doing something else. And in the, like, ten minutes, I was like, no, 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 this is the movie where I sit down and I watch this and I don't do anything else, and I yeah. switch off all the lights, and in fact, I actually, I wasn't dressed, I got dressed, <laughs> <laughs> it's about five o'clock in the evening in the winter, um, and I went to the shop for my popcorn, because this is a movie where I had to watch in the dark with popcorn. It was popcorn. worth the investment. And I just, like, I, I don't know if you can really call this a resource, I'm struggling to, like, <laughs> justify really, your telly time I here, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, excitement of it being drawn in like the you know um, and it's giant robots versus giant aliens I mean if you don't think that's good I don't know what your problem is <laughs> but, but it's, it's just the way it's written and it really made me think because I had just seen this 
second Hobbit movie, right? So Pacific Rim is made by Guillermo del Toro, who was involved in the Hobbit movies, mm-hmm. right? And I love the Lord of the Rings movies. They're probably my favourite film in total. And I think the Hobbit movies are incredibly boring, and particularly <laughs> that second one. I watched no. the three hours of my life back. So no. then I was like, is it Guillermo del Toro's fault? No. And then I watched Pacific Rim, and I was like, no, it's definitely not his fault. Maybe he <laughs> left because... <laughs> you know. Maybe he was in the bathroom when they did yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I, I particularly that second movie, I thought, dragged on and on and oh, no, on. I like them. I like them all. Because I just love the world and I could spend as long as you want in that world. Mm-hmm. I just love it. I just wait. Look, I, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to deconstruct the Hobbit movies, but okay. I, I, okay. I, I could. Okay, okay. okay. We're going to move on now. But that kind of like seeing how, seeing how you build a world and convey excitement and drag people in and you know so you're like oh my god you know and I'm like that for a lot of movies I just like being pulled along but sometimes if they're I like that I, I felt I had just seen a really boring film and, and in a world that I love yeah. and gone oh god you know so I like what is it what's the difference you know and often the difference is getting to those points and so yeah I didn't watch a lot of movie watching <laughs> I, I think it counts as research I do and not I tweeted many times that when you're writing a screenplay watching tally counts as writing so yeah. <laughs> I feel like counts as procrastination but we'll, we'll move on I'm learning yeah um, um, the other thing I wanted to say was um, the yearbook the writers and artists yearbook that's mm-hmm. actually a book that I found very useful right. um, yeah. once I had the again the book written and I was kind of warming up to kind of sell it um, I felt there were great tips in that about how to shift this process product and where you should be going and, and what you should be doing and um, which actually leads us quite nicely leads us quite nicely. Nicely. <laughs> yes, indeed. indeed thank you Kathy for getting the segue that I didn't pick up on Like, I feel like you might have some answer to that. Do you know what? I read this excellent book. <laughs> um, actually, do you know what? This is one of these questions that I really struggled with and I'm still struggling with. Um, I don't have an agent at the moment and I haven't approached anybody. So if um, anyone would like to approach us. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, please feel free. Uh, I have a piece of crap that somebody could sell. Um, I, People buy all sorts of crap. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I feel the time to approach the agent is when you're finished writing. So whenever you feel like that's your moment, because I feel like you have one shot. So you have only one chance to send in your letter and your, um, you know, your first three chapters and all the rest of the sort of stuff. And I feel like, I feel like that's the point. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like there is a point where you must stop messing with it. Mm-hmm. So there has to be an end point. And when you decide you're at the end, that's when you start. You know, the, the hammer goes down and yeah. you, you, you kick off and you start writing your letters mm-hmm. and there's also this thing um in the past was you only approached one person at a time um and you uh waited for that rejection letter mm-hmm. and then you went to the next person i feel like that is not no. relevant to the modern era yeah. um so i feel like when i do come to approach agents and i'm sorry for any agent that's listening to this but i'll be approaching them all i'll be getting out the yearbook mm-hmm. and i will be going through to see which agent represents the sort of material that I've written. Um, I will be looking to see um, books that I love that are kind of similar to the one that I've written. I will see who's their agents. Often uh, writers thank their agents in mm-hmm. the author's note. Um, 
And once I kind of have that list, and I feel it'll be a long list because mm. you know I'm expecting many rejections before somebody goes, oh yeah, mm. I, I'll give it a lash. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I'll be approaching them all, and I'll be literally, yeah, churning it out. So once mm-hmm. I feel like I, I at the moment I'm kind of going through my edits, I'm going to go through a structural edit. I'll probably do one edit after that. Hopefully, God, hopefully she doesn't just say throw mm-hmm. it in, <laughs> and then um, then I'll be gone. I, I'm going, yeah. and I I feel yeah. like people put off that point. Right. When they know they're ready, when they, you know, they know they should go, mm-hmm. just go. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree that, okay, so once you've finished and you've cleaned up your manuscript, maybe you've sent it on to a few competitions, you've maybe gotten some feedback, hopefully, um, you've taken it to an editor, editor or what, you know, mm-hmm. and you feel like you've done all that you, you can do, then start sending it to agents. Yeah. Um, but also, I you need to research the agents and make sure they they specifically do your genre. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to send your rom com to someone who does horror. A horror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unless it's a really bad screen. Yeah. Yeah. Worst script. kind of horror. Yeah. Yeah. This is the worst kind of horror. And I think that's a really interesting point because I think ultimately your agent is representing you to your publishers and to the wider world like the purpose of them is really to introduce your novel to the wider industry Mm -hmm. so if that person no matter how good they are at selling her if they have no interest in rom-coms they're not going to be as good Mm -hmm. at selling it Mm -hmm. as somebody who has an interest in rom-coms they won't have the network they won't have contacts they won't have the interest right so it makes sense to me to do research for your agent i Mm -hmm. I feel like that's imperative yeah and uh, another reason to find an agent is that a lot of the publishers don't accept unsolicited unsolicited manuscripts so you actually need they they they'll only listen to agents and again i don't think that's any harm because i feel like the agent is saying this is good i'm going to put it out to my network Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like they're the gatekeeper if you know what i mean i feel like you know because really face it in this world self-publishing is no problem you Mm -hmm. written a Mm -hmm. book you want to publish it off you go Mm -hmm. it's only if you want to go the traditional route that you need agents and publishers. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, uh, maybe I'd argue that agents are good for self-publishing. It depends on how you yeah. go. But, uh, you know, I feel like they're bringing your book to their network. Mm-hmm. And so they're only going to bring what's good because they're not going to tarnish their rela- yeah, yeah, their yeah, yeah, reputation, yeah. you know, and their relationships and stuff. So, yeah. you know, I, I think almost it's good that mm-hmm. they're the gatekeeper. Because, you know, just because you manage to get an agent doesn't necessarily mean you've managed to get a publisher. No, no. Because I guess what the agent is saying, saying is... Um, this is good, this could be sold. Mm, and the publisher is saying, it is good, I'm going to sell it. Yeah, right. And I think there's a difference between the potential and the reality. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So I think there's many a person I know who's gotten an agent who hasn't managed to publish their book mm-hmm. through the traditional publishing, yeah. but have gone the self-publishing way and have gone very successfully that mm-hmm. way because their book was good enough to publish. It just, either somebody felt they couldn't find a market for it or, you right. know, it's some yeah. other unrelated to the writing element mm-hmm. stopped it going down the traditional publishing route yeah and it, I feel that's important for agents it is I've sent to two agents mm-hmm. and heard back from one nice re- actually it was a very nice rejection letter it was there's no feedback or anything it's just okay. like no yeah. no yeah bye bye well and, and that's fine I wonder if they even <laughs> read yeah, it you but know? you see like but, they know what they can sell so like I mean yeah. you know if somebody was approaching me I know what I can sell and so I can read two, three lines into a, a, a cover letter and I'll know whether I, I want that thing or not. 
So for me, I, I don't take that rejection as a bad thing. It's just that yeah. that particular person felt they couldn't sell it. No bother. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's many a person who felt they couldn't mm-hmm. sell Harry Potter. Look yeah. at it now. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it's it's also, I mean, there's the element of it's a business. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. the agent is trying to offer it to a publisher to sell it. Yeah. Like, they're not going to make 10% of something that doesn't gonna, sell. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's no point so wasting their time with it. There's a bit of, uh, as the writer... Mm. Let me just give you a there, there pat on the shoulder. <laughs> there, there. No, there, so. there. Like, no, I think there's a very difference. Different. There's a big difference between being a writer and being an author. So for me, I think a writer is somebody who really enjoys writing, who mm. just writes for the yeah. love of writing. It doesn't matter whether it sells one yeah. copy or a hundred copies. They just want to write. Authors, I feel, are professional writers. They write to sell. It, mm. it is their purpose mm. to get material published and get paid for it. And so... If you want to be an author, you're going to have to, you know, get out there and get rejections and mm-hmm. be part of that horrible business. And that's part of it. Whereas if you want to be a writer, then just write. There's no, you don't yeah. have to sell it to yeah. be a writer. You can be a writer and, yeah. and, and yeah. not sell a thing. It's like you can be a poet. Look, like, look at Emily Dickinson. She yeah. wrote all that beautiful poetry and, you know, never published it in her lifetime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know, doesn't, I don't think it takes away from her as a poet just because no. she wasn't commercial. Do you know what I mean? Most people go into poetry for the money. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously in in screenwriting, agents is kind of, it's very important. And I think, again, there's also this other layer of manager as well. All right. So So what does a manager do then? I don't even know. Okay. (laughs) So like before we launch into this, this is the bit of the thing where I'm like, I will deal with this when I've written the script. Yeah. Um, So I think I've said before that spec script is not really a strong market anyway. Uh They're used as, as kind of ads for you as a writer. And then, you can go and get writing jobs then. Um, for me, it seems like the agent thing is a little bit further down the line because what I've seen, people often get reactions of, that's great, what else do you have? Okay. So I would think that I would need two scripts that were done yeah. to really go mm-hmm. and target an agent mm-hmm. and maybe even three. But two okay. probably... So let's get started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Two yeah. is probably the... Well, and I suppose screenplays are short. Yeah, they are. No, they are. Know. And like, you know, and, and I think the agent, like... Um, I think it was saying, one of the guys in Scriptness was saying like agents don't get you jobs agents get you the best pay for the jobs you get yourself right? oh, okay. and so okay. I think there is this idea well like they probably get you in a room in the same way yeah. as being a competition winner in something like Screencraft gets you in rooms with people right well, plus then, it says somebody has faith in you do you oh, know yeah, what I mean yeah. like so maybe you know yeah. And they might send you jobs, but yeah. but so they might send you places, but you're the one who has to pitch for them, right. and you're yeah. the one who has to engage with them, and that's why sometimes there's like, oh, I really like that thing you did. What else do you have? Mm-hmm. And if you don't have anything else, then yeah. you have lost. And in the same way as like you were saying, you you send you send that to that, you get one chance with that yeah. agent. Yeah. You might only get one chance in the room with the person who makes the things. Yeah. So you want to go in with, well, I have this idea, and I think yeah. then professional screenwriters like pitch off the top of their head all the time. Right. You in, know, in the the lift. Yeah, yeah, but even like okay, we someone says three minutes or two minutes, and then you can. I, yeah, I always think that your, lift your, thing. Like I mean, you always pray that they're going to the fifteenth floor. So you can like <laughs> no, 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 what, together. What if, what if you're in a room right with someone who's like, right, we want to make a film about a man who goes to China by foot. What? How will you do that? And then you have to kind of go. Well, the thing is. 
his grandfather was Chinese and mm-hmm. loved walking <laughs> or something, you know, like, yeah, yeah. and then in the moment you have to pitch an idea, like, mm. and I think that, that the really professional ones and they get, you know, mm-hmm. they will pitch an idea and like, okay, it might be just bare bones and then they go away and they do a treatment and then they mm-hmm. might get hard and they might get hard. I guess there's yeah. a, probably an art form of pitching the, oh, the vaguest but most interesting <laughs> yeah, exactly. so when you yes. get home you can make it something good that you haven't committed to in yeah. the room you know like the last thing you want to do is say oh, oh change it somebody, <laughs> somebody did this with cowboys and aliens <laughs> no yeah. somebody did this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so and we're laughed out of the, the room <laughs> and so there, there is, there is I actually like... looked that movie <laughs> <laughs> I really did <laughs> I look great with very tight pants, so I, will, I, I couldn't, I couldn't criticize. Um, but yeah, so there's that kind of element of like getting in the room and pitching in the room. Yeah. And so I think there's also going into the room with like a couple of things, at least two things, preferably more that you can say. Well, I do this, but I also have a screenplay about a policeman who yeah. falls in love with a reindeer. And <laughs> I don't know. Let's not make that your second play. Okay. Yeah. It's platonic love. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's not. Besides, we got You know, so I think. Now it's kind of good. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> it's a Santa origin story. Um, you know, uh, so you know, like it's uh, those kinds of things, and I think that so that I think like for me, kind of maybe even trying to get agents is it's further down the line. Now. Um, I still do want to, you know, do a few things, um, get script coverage, and I think work this one up, and because I've had good feedback on this one, if I make it better, there's a chance that it could go out to a network. That yeah, way. yeah. But that is going out to a network to me, and maybe getting an agent out of that network rather yeah, than necessarily yeah, yeah. selling it from that network, which seems mm-hmm. like an incredible long shot. Like, yeah, but it's still know. out there. You know, I think yeah. you can't. If you're not in, you can't win. That's kind of my <laughs> attitude <laughs> to it. So you I mean, have like, to start somewhere. Know, yeah. If you can't like ever sell your first script you have to get the first script out of the way to exactly. the second one yeah. that you could sell well, you know what? sometimes I kind of feel like it's like clearing a house if you know what I mean yeah. so like you get all the rubbish that's clattered <laughs> up at the front out of the way mm-hmm. and then you discover like the family jewels in the back corner do you know like the, the one thing you had in your third book that was really good do you know <laughs> yeah. or, you, or learning how to write it better yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. I think. well hey Dan Brown it, you know yeah. get one formula and start working on it yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah I think that that's a little bit further down the line in terms mm-hmm. of but again at the same time the scripts are much yeah and I I think as well for me when I'm sending it out to an agent I'm gonna have to be writing my second book at Mm. that point because even if I get feedback it would be wonderful to get feedback from agents and stuff I feel like I'm gonna have to be working on the next project because um the advice I've seen written by a lot of authors is um they didn't uh, enjoy the luxury of time when they were writing their first book. So you know, your first book, you've no deadlines, yeah. you've no yeah. advance to pay for it, all the rest yeah. of their stuff. That's you're you're in your own leisure. Yeah. Yeah. And so they didn't kind of enjoy that leisure. Yeah. And as soon as you get an agent, they're going to be like, right, well, what's your next thing? Yeah. So while you're getting the yeah. agent, use the time wisely and... Sure. Yeah, you know. yeah, produce those things. Well, yeah, yeah. like get right. And exactly that. And in, in exactly, like I've heard, you know, stories of people who made films and went in. Like the guy who made Paranorman, which is when it's just this lovely, lovely um, stop motion animation film that I really like. Yeah. But apparently, he went in and he had an idea, and he he's someone who worked in the industry, um, and he pitched it, and they were like. 
we're doing it! And he had to, and he was like, yes, I have the full script, I just don't have it on me right now. <laughs> and he <laughs> I did wrote that. the rest of it over the weekend, and yeah. by Monday I had the full script. Yeah. And, you know, because he had a strong idea. And so there is stuff you can do in that panic, you know. Oh, of course you moment, can, yeah. You know? like, um, and, uh, like, and to be honest, like, I mean, if you get an advance and you're writing your second book, <laughs> maybe you don't need the day job that's taking oh, up exactly, all your time. Yeah, do you know, yeah. but I just think, I think some people send it off and they're like, I'm waiting no, for agents to wait, get back. Yeah, yeah and you're yeah. like, no, 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 no sitting around yeah. waiting, get going. Yeah. You know, yeah, I suppose next. in the same way as if I manage to get this to a point where it does go out to a network, which I'm not sure it will, but if it does, I really have to hurriedly work on the second one because if yeah. there's some sort of lead from the first one, again, I'm pretty sure the first question is, that's I, I like that, but what else have you done? Or, yeah. that's great, but what else have you What's done? Next? Yeah. And so I have to have something to go... I have this other one. <laughs> and you know what? Like people don't want to feel like they're investing a lot of time and money mm. in somebody who's a one-trick pony. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? So I see it from their point of view that oh, they're yeah, like, yeah, you know, exactly. this you, is wonderful, do you but have it's this more of a idea. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, do you, know? you know, like yeah. so, do you know? Because you like you invest a lot of money in a startup debut author in terms of like building them up, marketing them, getting them out there. That you don't have to invest in somebody who's done this 15, 20 times. Mm-hmm. You know, so. You know, I see no harm in, in this push for, for a second thing, mm-hmm. other than it puts pressure on the writer, which I'd rather <coughs> yeah. you know, I'd rather my life was easier. But if you are a, a writer, and if you have constant, like, ideas come mm. into your mind, then... But then, yeah, see, then I'm back into the old problem. Okay. I, I, I need more time than that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like, no. No, no, yeah, not between. I don't think I could... I don't think I could write a script in a, week, in a weekend. Um... Well then, if it was my one shot, you'd damn well like, oh, yeah, turn I'd it give it, I'd give it a shot. Yeah. Absolutely. If it was my one shot, I'd be up like 24 hours. Oh, I yeah. would not sleep. Oh, listen, I have my, like, my writing fine. record is that I got a successful proposal written in 22 hours. So like, that's my go. like, you know, it can be done. <laughs> yeah. And, but, yeah. Uh, if it was my one shot, I would definitely you, give yeah, it. You but give I'd rather not have to do it like that. And also, that. You know, <laughs> like even that's when you go them in half one and be like, yeah, no, the ending is just <clears throat> I have to by Friday. <laughs> you know, you can't though. You can't be like the dog at it or yeah. oh my my printer broke or like yeah, well, all the other you the can't internet be. went down. Yeah, you have to be like, no, yeah. if you got a shot, go for it. Yeah, and if yeah. you if you if you don't go for it, you will regret it. So I just think when you're going out to an agent, yeah. I think build up your portfolio. It's yeah, portfolio. well, I think if you're going yeah. out, put your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you are confident in your in the material that you're sending out. And I think while you're doing that, don't be idle. Get your next thing going. Mm. Okay. Um, And here's another bit. Just looking at different agents' websites and suggesting that you you have to have your best synopsis possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Because that is what the agent will look at and what the the publisher looks at. Yeah. Just to have this really well written synopsis. Yeah. Well, we might come back to talking about synopsis another day. <laughs> okay. Um, synopsis? Uh, synopsis, I'm <laughs> sure it is. But it's so much better to call them synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that, that could be a good topic for another day and okay. log lines and taglines and stuff yeah, like that yeah. as well. Okay. Um, so we might just put it there. We might try and put a list of the resources we've used yeah, on I'll the put website. In the yeah. So, um, so anyway, yeah. So thanks for listening today. Um, you can find out more on IrishWritersPodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at IrishWritersPod, or email us at IrishWritersPodcast.gmail.com. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.